Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies, films and TV with James. Hello there. This episode 205, if it's your first time, welcome. We get around the mics each week. No script, no plan, no idea really. As we uh, <laughs> No hope. <laughs> no hope. As we go on the quest to find the greatest of all time. If you like it, don't forget to leave us a like, a subscribe, follow us on social media at S-Y-I-M-S podcast, uh, underscore podcast. You'll find us on all social media platforms. Engage, let us know how it's going. If you've got any ideas, recommendations, or if you like an episode, just reach out to us. Let's talk. Yeah, and we love our fans and we thank you so much for getting involved. You've you've been very vocal and we love to you. And, you know, this podcast is for anyone that is, uh, you know, commuting, dog walking, exercising or doing some housework. I, you know, we welcome everyone. If you're sat in your bedroom alone wondering what is going on with the world, just stick on this podcast and for two hours we'll titillate those ears. We will. There's that special part of the inner ear that James and I are the only two that can get to. Yeah, so it feels like a back scratch. <laughs> back scratches of the podcast world. We've done loads of different episodes over the last 200 and something outings. We've done everything from director specials, actors. Sometimes we take on a particular movie and do a deep dive like we did for our 200th episode with the 87 classic Inner Space. Great, great episode. I love that one. Great episode. I think we got more downloads than people went to the cinema to watch that film, which is good. We also did Top Gun as well, recently, which I think might have been one of the pinnacle. It was one of the best to record. Mm. We were just having so much fun. Do you know what I listened back to the A to Z recently of moaning? That was actually quite good fun as well. Lots of lots of jibes. You know, we took an irrelevant look at the world of Hollywood and just had a bit of a moan. Yeah. So we just it's a movie podcast by movie fans for movie fans. Uh let's go. This week, lots to discuss. Uh so no no I mean I suppose it's quite comic book heavy this week. We've obviously got the release of Four Love and Thunder, which we've both seen we're going to talk about. We are coming to the end of phase four in the MCU. We can start looking ahead towards phase five and create a bit of a wish list. We've come up with an idea to recast DC because fuck it, they need it. They do after more and more. Just what is it? Negatives. It's, it's just done. Yeah. Stick a fork in it. It's dead. I mean, there's one thing when, you know, your cast can't, uh, when the films don't portray well to the fan base. <laughs> it's also when you can't actually cast your characters anymore. It's completely, completely different. There are obviously some big, big TV shows that have come to an end. Stranger Things and The Boys and new ones starting, such as Resident Evil. And James has seen a movie called Pride. I have. I've also, I've remembered as we were setting up to record, I st- in the world of comic books, Chris Pratt's got a new Amazon TV series coming out. Uh, come out, sorry, called The Terminalist. I've also given that a few episodes. So uh, there, I'm going to add it to my list, James. Because after 200 or so episodes, I finally wrote a list. So go. we can, so we don't forget stuff. Because <laughs> often we'll finish the show and go, "Oh uh, shit, I didn't talk about that movie." Yeah. Terminalist is on. Uh, is on the sticky note. All right, hail the sticky note. Uh, so here we go. Episode 205 underway. But before all of that, actually. It, there's a heat wave going on, James. There is a heat wave going on, but more importantly as well, the quality of the audio might sound a bit different. That's right. We're in venue number three. Of the podcast. Yeah. The new Batcave, the new secret location, the uh, evil volcanic layer that is my new home. And the only downside is it's in the middle of a heat wave. <laughs> so there is a heat wave. So you can't enjoy it because we're all sweating our faces off. So... Uh, how are you with heat? This is so if, if it so also because we've got a lot of listeners abroad, we've had a huge spike in Germany for some reason. Obviously. Maybe they like the top gun, I don't know. But maybe. something is caused. Maybe they like inner space. I was gonna say inner space is more likely. <laughs> a recent episode has, has uh, kind of created waves in Germany, which we thank you for. Um, but because uh, <laughs> they can't speak the language, 
<laughs> they're like, what are they talking about? They just, they sound intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, the UK's not used to this uh, this heat. We're known as the kind of the rainy country or the grey skies. Um, you know, a lot of Americans come over here and they're like, we don't know how the Brits are so happy all the time because they're so miserable outside. And, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we are at heat wave, 40 degree heat. Absolutely terrible with heat, mate. Absolutely awful. Even when it's cold outside, I could be colder. Mm. I am. I believe I might be cold. Cold blooded. I looked at my eighteen-month-year-old earlier today and thought I was looking at a sweaty gammon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't even know Did what I was just looking at. Just a bit of pineapple, mate. <laughs> just, just to see. I, it's just. Um, it's. It's too hot. I'm no good with heat. Never been good with heat. I'm the guy that, in the cold, can keep warm. Mm. And you know, when everyone's like freezing, I'm like, nah, this is good. I'm alright yes. with this. You know, and I can maintain. And keep my body temperature, but I cannot cool down. It's the it's the old age debate. So I always prefer to be too cold because I can warm myself up if required. Because it's easy to do. If you're cold, get a blanket, put the heating on. But if you're too hot, it's a flipper to get cold. Yeah. Yeah, especially um, especially now, you know, with a uh, moving house. So I haven't got like all my bl- all my shades up, my blinds up, all that kind of stuff. So it's just literally, it's like the sun hates me. It does. It does. It told <laughs> to, me the other to, week. To be fair. The moon's not fond of me either. Well, my problem in this type of heat, you know, your your daughter may have resembled a gammon. I look like a pig on a spit roast. <laughs> I, just, I just sit there, cook. <laughs> um, what, what, this is a tedious link. What are the best films to watch in a heat wave? Because I can tell you there's some that we wouldn't watch. Mad Max, don't watch it. No. Any of them. Uh, you see, someone's going to shout Cool Runnings, but I, that film starts in deserts of Africa, so maybe the second part of Cool Runnings. Jamaica, isn't it? That film starts. Oh, yeah, of course. That Jamaica makes more Bob sense. Jamaica Bob's head team. That makes more sense. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Is, is there such a thing as films to watch to help you cool down? I would imagine they'd be the sort of they'd be sort of horrors because they can send a shiver down your spine. <gasps> there you go. Maybe I'm just going to do that for the next 48 hours. It's just what... But then again, no. There's no horrors like that anymore, is there? No, there's not. I'm joking. I'm just trying to annoy people. Of course, there's good horrors out there. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, anything underwater. So there's a film that we're watching and reviewing next week, James, which yeah. I'll let the cat out of the bag right now. We're doing Waterworld. And I did watch <laughs> because, the- because you fucking hated the Bodyguard episode. We thought we'd give you another one. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we've got German listeners from the bodyguard. Maybe, maybe, maybe I think we're the only podcast. It's like they didn't like him. Well, let's give it to them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think I was watching Waterworld yesterday, and I was envious of um, how how drenched Kevin Costner is throughout that whole film. Thinking, oh, yes. I wish someone was just throwing buckets of water on me. Yeah, I could do. We could arrange that. We could do it. There's no reason why not. I'm an adult. Damn it. Yeah. Right. Just we'll do we'll do next week's podcast from the bath. <laughs> we'll both just get in here. Let's talk about uh, Marvel's new big release, and that is for Love and Thunder. Seeing Chris Hemsworth return with uh, Natalie Portman, also Christian Bale, uh, director Taika Waititi, uh, who's also the uh, the main writer as well for the movie, returning for this instalment. Tessa Thompson, Russell Crowe, and the Guardians of the Galaxy making an appearance, and also. A reappearance from Jamie Alexander, mm. who uh, who smartly didn't agree to was it four two when the rest, was, rest of the bandits got killed off. Three wasn't it? Yeah, she's in, just, in the second one. She's she's supposed to be love interest. She's Thor's supposed to end up with Sif, but Sif's like, oh no, he's in love with Natalie Portman. Then they go to the third film. She's like, nah. Yeah, and that's when uh, that's, that's when the other guys got killed off. And now she's yeah. back. Anyway, so back to Thor and Thunder and Christian Bell, obviously as the uh, the main villain in this one, Gore the God Butcher. So in this, we catch up with four. He's, uh, you know, the the days of the Avengers are past. He's back in shape. He's he's 
Chore in the galaxy with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Um, you know, hero for hire. He's trying um, this new thing out as well. He's a bit zen. Mm. He's just, he's, he's taking things a bit philosophically. He's not rushing into battle like the young, impetuous Thor that we saw before. He's, he's having a meditation before he swings into battle. Gunfights happening. He's just wandering out there going, hello, everyone. How are you? Let's yeah. stop. Let's stop this. Yeah. He's a hero for hire. He is yeah, the guy that is. still gets it done. He's still all powerful hammer slinging uh, for... Uh, then insert new villain, Christian Bell, Gore, the God Butcher, who has a, um, vendetta. Yes. He has a, he has a vendetta, James. When, when the God that he prays upon, uh, turns his back on him, he picks up an ancient sword, which he's able to then to strike down the necromancer, whatever that sword was. I'm sorry. Didn't read the comments growing up, but certainly he's able to strike down gods in their path. Uh, this causes uh, a rift in the galaxy, uh, where Gore is on a path a warpath to take out gods, obviously in his line of sight, is the god of thunder himself. I got so, to point out as a premise that's actually pretty badass. Yeah, and I know it's a comic book story, but bringing it to life on the big screen is really cool. So it was it Gore, the the god butcher. It sounds epic. It's, it's mega name. It's, it's a mega name. And it also, you're bringing Christian Bale, famous for probably being like, you know, Batman. I know the man's done a lot of other things, but even in their casting, it's like they've gone, they've gone big. They're like, let's get a big name. Let's go big. Because Thor's villains for the first two films were terrible. And then I like, you know, Jeff Goblin was very good in the third one. And uh, Hella, played by Kate Blanchett, they were very good. So I feel like, yes, get someone big, get someone good. And it's one of those weird scenarios where you're like, yeah, every time you meet a god, this isn't a spoiler, but like Zeus. Zeus is an arsehole. So you're kind of like, nah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not against the God's death. <laughs> I'm not totally against it. So I, I've just read, um, I've just read Stephen Fry's uh, book on gods and heroes. Yeah. And how this movie dep- depicts the gods is exactly how Stephen King writes about them. Yeah. You know, they, they created like mankind as a, as a, as a kind of, um, as a toy to keep them entertained. Yeah. Soon got bored of them. You know, but they like the worshipping, you know, they like the kind of the um, the God status, um, the bickering between them all, the fact that a lot of it is kind of smoke and mirrors and, you know, there are the all powerful ones, but there are also the kind of the cheating, the conniving, the scoundrous ones. And this, Taika Waititi kind of picks up that tone. So to me, I settled into this very quickly, like, yes, that is probably how Zeus would have been, you know, and and uh, and these gods in it. I, I like the premise. Once again, I found myself siding with a villain. Yeah. Like, the, it's hard. At the beginning of this movie, they set up Gore the God Butcher. His motives are very real yeah. and very grounded in, yes, kill that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, take him down. And then he, aesthetically as well, he looks amazing. He does look very good, actually. As Especially when you're in a shadow realm as well, where Taika does this great job playing with black and white and yeah. a world devoid of colour when Thor is your most, so far he's wearing like 80s like bright coloured clothes. It's actually like a really good, they even update the Thor costume so it's more like comic book, it's bright blue and red. Yeah, Superman basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it, you know, it does that thing, you know, God of the Galaxy in the, the first part of the movie so it kind of settles you in with something you know before branching out into a new story that we don't know. Uh, new characters that we uh, returning characters Natalie Portman now returning you know as um, as the mighty four yeah so um, I love that I did, I've thought of the things I wasn't going to like I was like how are they going to write this but do you know what got to give props to Taika Waititi it fits so this is getting a lot of backlash and it's the film's been out now for a couple of weeks and I think any Marvel fan probably would I'm not going to go into spoiler territory but Natalie Portman's character in it, it it's been making headlines this week and if you listen to a film podcast you've probably seen this movie but mm. 
um, there it has divided audiences. The cancer storyline, um, you know, of of uh, Natalie Portman's character, um, uh, what's it, Doctor Foster having cancer, and then Milner being the the you know the hammer that is that is left on uh, New Asgard, and you know, kind of gives her that power, yeah, to fight the cancer, but also to become a more or does it? And that's the. Well, I like the aspect that it doesn't. And, you know, if we have to pick, I, I like to think it doesn't. It gives her a review from worrying about it, which is kind of the job. You know, she's then focused on helping others instead of herself. That's how I choose to believe it, especially with a bit of dialogue, which I won't talk about because it is a spoiler, when they're talking to Gore in a, in, in a scene where he's like, you're still pretty fucked. <laughs> and I do like that. I, I like the fact as well that she wasn't there for a bit. So it gives her character like she's been up to something. And and they do flashbacks as well to the relationship between her and Thor and where it went wrong. Because all we got away was, I think, in Avengers 2, there's a throwaway line. Or 4, 3, it's like, oh, it's a mutual break. You know, it, and then it's ignored. We actually see it, what it's like to date someone and how they've got completely, like, similar lives, but how they live separately from each other. It's really good, like, and there's a... <sighs> There's a jealous lover scene, which I'll be honest, was brilliant. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't want to get into that because that's spoilers. Well, I mean, Taika Waititi's wheelhouse is, is comedy, isn't it? Yes. And, um, you know, that that abstract comedy that he does so well. And this is no exception. I I, I laughed all the way through this movie. It is. It's a fun film. It is very, very funny. If you go into this wanting to see a comedy, you will get ample comedy. Um, if you go into this seeing the next installment of the MCU, also I think you get that. I think you get, you know, interesting characters. I think you get, it certainly sets up some big storylines for what's to come. Yes. Um, you know, so it does all those things. If you're going into it for a returning cast, you get that. You get Korg. You know, you get a lot of the kind of the cameo kind of characters. Apparently they cut Jeff Goldblum's cameo. They, uh, Lena Henley was was cast as someone. They cut her and uh, Dinklage was supposed to come back as well. Right. Yeah, so that's what I read as well. So part of me thinks that maybe they were brought in to cut because obviously Disney's having Disney Plus. You can watch deleted scenes instead of going to YouTube, which mm. is kind of having them on DVD. And I wonder if they've been put in specifically so they can add something yeah. now. I, I like the film. I thought the three acts made sense. I think it followed a narrative that made sense. I found, I thought that the, the I, w- I was satisfied with the thirds and the ending and how it all kind of plays and comes together. I think in my head, I remember being in the cinema watching it and thinking, I hope we get to see where we go with this and they and they do it delivers it you know it kind of leads you down a path and, and delivers on that so I did really like it is it a perfect film by no means I don't think so I think the first 20 minutes the editing is really really choppy yeah and you're like right we're here boom and this and doom and de- and you're like okay there's so much going on so much to take into at the beginning and then it finds its rhythm really when kind of uh, Natalie Portman comes back into it and Jane Foster comes back into it then we start to kind of get a bit of a, a rhythm going I love you. I love your opinions. I do disagree. I think there's a bit of a second second act lag where when the characters, are there, everyone's together now, introduced, they go off to different locations. Whilst going to different locations is a high point for me. To me, it kind of dragged a little. It's like, yes, I get it. I get it. But I'm not, that's not negative. It just, mm. just dragged a little for me. I still thought it was very good. The only problem is, is it's the same cast. It's the same act. It's the same director. You don't want to do it because you should never, you should never, you shouldn't do it. Thor, Love and Thunder is a different film to Thor Ragnarok. But I was watching it and I was just thinking, God, I wish I was watching Thor Ragnarok. And that's not fair. Ragnarok is the better out of the two. He is the better one. And But I do like the villain. But then the villain goes through certain things as well at the end, which... Not enough villain. There there is not enough villain. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, it's just not enough villain. And what's really weird is, like, gore. So this is me. I was watching this and I thought, doesn't it make more sense for, for this type of villain? The problem is Marvel has got 
and I think it's all comic book heroes, don't get me wrong, all comic book films, sorry, they have a problem, is that when they've got a villain that's specifically for a hero, mm. they only ever exist in that storyline. I was thinking, Gore the God Butcher, I would like to see him outside fighting Thor and fighting someone else, you know, like the Incredible Hulk or something different, because, like, I don't know what you call it, the, the darkness land, I can't remember what it's called, the the air of black and white, and he's got like a giant creature. I just wanted to see that fight different people. I was mm. like a bit bored that there was two Thors, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. What you want is a solo movie of Gore the God Butcher yeah, taking kinda, down yeah, gods, yeah. <laughs> which, which I suppose, and I've not played him, but surely that's that's kind of along the lines of the um, Gods of War kind of yeah, game. Actually, thing. Yeah, that's probably a good shot. Yeah, but, I um, do I do think that the special effects were so good. We've gone to that era now where CGI is is so good now; it's indistinguishable. And that's yeah, really cool. that Shadow Realm scene is brilliant. Is, yeah, yeah I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if this is nominated for uh, visual effects. And without spoilers, there's only one thing that's lit. And I do like the fact there's other gods from other mythologies. Um, Russell Crowe was a great casting for Zeus, but then I was thinking, is that what Russell Crowe looks like now? Or is he put on weight for this like three minute cameo? <laughs> no, I think you think of Unhinged in a, oh, a, a yeah, lot of the videos. Um, of Russell Crowe. I think, I think he's just living, you know, the life of Russell Crowe and he's not, yeah. he's not having to diet. I mean, if he does Gladiator 2, maybe he'll have to kind of get in shape. Because <laughs> what about Chris Hemsworth coming as the son, aren't they? That wouldn't make any sense. I don't know, okay. yeah. He's <laughs> the son that you didn't mention in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, he's dead. Uh, what about the other one? Nah, I did about see it. this resurfaced scene uh, of Russell Crowe talking to Howard Stern about Gladiator. And the first scene that they shot is, um, you know, a battle scene. And he's like, you know, you're, you're the general, you, you know, and it's that scene at the beginning of the movie, yeah. you know, in the woods and yes. everything. And, and uh, you know, and they're all set up and they've got all these extras and Russell Crowe walks on set and then uh, really Scott comes over and he goes, he goes, before we cut in, you know, very kind of like sort of like soft voice, he's like, I want you to uh, look at the enemy, look across, you see a bird perched on a tree, innocent flies away you follow the flight of the bird you smile somewhat the bird flies over the enemy and it brings you back to the here and now and Russell, and it cuts to the scene of Russell Crowe doing it and these little nuances he puts in his face these little light inflictions and everything nothing over the top and then uh, and, then, and then apparently after they did this, the scene in that one take Ridley Scott comes over and he's like we're going to be fucking brilliant we're going to win Oscars <laughs> <laughs> and he said it's completely different like, and then after that they just had that that relationship of really Scott being able to come over and be like, I need you to try this and he would do it. And it would just, it, apparently everything on that set was magic. Oh, that's nice. Um, but when it cut away to the scene, showed you the scene, you could hear really Scott, what he, the, the direction he'd given. Yeah. And it's fucking brilliant. And then, uh, yeah. I, oh, sorry. I digress. It's just, I it, think the, you, you could be forgiven for digressing for Ridley Scott to be fair. I, my, my thing with this as well is, is that only, so there are certain people that do, the Taika Waititi comedy really, really well. And yep. if you look at a lot of his catalogue, you know, people like Sam Neill, you know, uh, Dave Bautista and Chris Pratt fall into this comedy really yep. well. Deadpan had a comedy. Obviously, Hemsworth is, an, is a natural. Taika himself as Korg is, you know, the 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 MVP, I guess, at, at this kind of comedy. Christian Bale, I think, gives it a go. And there's a couple of scenes when, you know, it is dark. You know, he has kidnapped children. And, you know, there, there are a few scenes where I suppose he has to kind of lighten the mood in what is, you know, because it it's a PG family movie. And he he breaks the kind of the character of being this God Butcher character to um, be a little bit whimsical in one scene. And it's like, yeah, it's okay, but it's not, you know, Ryan Reynolds would fall into this yes. easily. And Russell Crowe found the same. I thought the, the limited time that Russell Crowe was in this film, he did go for it. He's a bit hammy. 
He, he's very hammy, to be honest. <laughs> you know, Jeff Goldman falls into this very well because he's eccentric anyway, you know, and he's got that, you know, he's got that intonation in his voice that would really plays into the hand of Taika Waititi's kind of comedy style. I'm not sure whether Christian Bell and Russell Crowe did for me, but I still fully enjoyed both of their characters and particularly Gore. For a relevantly new, I don't know anything about comic source material, but what I do know, I think Gore came into comics around 2012, so he's that relatively really new, new uh, villain. And I kind of wish we get to see a lot more of it. Yeah, so do I. I think it's really good. Great performances. I am going to, this is a negative. I'm not saying it's a bad performance, but you introduce new characters. So you have to sacrifice the screen time, sacrifice the right for some of them. I'm a bit upset with Tessa Thompson because I Jane Valkyrie from Ragnarok was one of my favorite characters. I thought she was great. When she shows up again in Avengers Endgame, still great. She, her, her time is somewhat sacrificed. I think like the group goes out as, there's too many. Mm. Especially when you've got such a focus on Jane Foster and Thor. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but they do bring cameos back. They've got uh, Starsguard coming back for a little bit and then you've got, um, oh, damn it. Should have written her name down. Cat's, cat. Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Cat. Oh, yeah. Cat Jennings or what was her name? Jennings, I can't yes. remember her name is. Anyway, so you've got some old things. It's all about the new, what's going on. Weirdly though, and I know it's not, and Thor seems to be like the character that could stick around most. I feel like his story might be done a little bit. You know, he's he's the only cat. He's the only actor now to do four in his series. He's appeared in all. Of, he's appeared in the majority of crossovers with the Avengers and everything. I know he wasn't in Civil War, but that's why I said most. I feel like his story's out. It's played now. I do quite like it. There's um. I'm going to admit that the two after scene credits I can't talk about because they're spoilers. But I genuinely did like them. I genuinely love them. I think I, one of them's great for what it sets up, and the other one is great because it brings back a character and they're, <laughs> they're just yeah. <laughs> without any spoilers do stick around for the two after scene credits I, I thoroughly enjoyed them yeah I thought they are both great um, but like I say Tess Thompson they have to sacrifice her character and her storyline a little bit and it's weird where they go with her because she's the new queen of Asgard but she doesn't seem to like it but at the same time she doesn't really grow as a character nothing really changes that much there probably is a story there isn't there you know there's a there's a three part you know, one hour long episodes about her character and what yeah. she's been doing in New Asgard. I, I think she's interesting enough to, to and, and certainly a, a, a good enough um, performer to lead a, a standalone. Whether we get it nowadays, I don't know, because I think they're just so relentless in bringing out yeah. kind of like the big hitters now. Um, you know, that you've got Black Panther 2 coming around the corner, you've got Ant-Man 3. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be against a, a Valkyrie and but set it in say in New Asgard mm. because there's like a montage of her meeting new people looking bit stuff. I was like, I, I kind of want to be on the like the boardroom meetings <laughs> where they're talking about what they're going to do. And I love New Asgard in this. It's a character itself. They bring back Matt Damon and Sam Neill to have like that. It's like, shall we make a play about this? When that happened, I was like, this is brilliant. It's like the people need to be entertained. Like yeah. just being actors from old. It was great. That's the sort of humor that's brilliant. Um, great addition. I know they're renewing it at the beginning, but the Guardians of the Galaxy were a great addition because they fit so perfectly into that. When we are talking about Ragnarok, we are always worried that is it taking too much from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Are they are they too like similar now? No, it's it's brilliant. It's well played. Mm. The James Gunn like world that he set in Guardians of the Galaxy fits in perfectly to this. The beginning of Thor. It doesn't outstay its welcome. In fact, you you stick around, and you go. I kind of wanted more, mm. and it, it, it was. I've really enjoyed it. However, it's just something. You can have a really good meal, but then there's an aftertaste. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, that's the thing you remember. I don't think the end, the, the film ends particularly well. And that's the one thing I, I was like, mm. but then what could they have done? Yeah. Maybe kept Gore, the God killer, because that, that sentence is cool. And also I feel like it's bigger. Maybe they had ended it on a cliffhanger. 
you know, and uh, you know, maybe he goes missing, and maybe that's the next set. It's like, oh, yeah. where's Thor gone? There, there is, there is a good um, story in if he was like a fan, of, not Thanos level, yeah, but over a few films. Yes, building yeah, up. He planted the seed in four one that someone was killing gods, and then they finally yeah. get to see him in this movie. Like that would have built a legacy. Yeah, for that that's character. really cool. Uh, but my problem is, is I want a film now that doesn't have the the end of the world all the time. And I, that's what I really liked about this. It's not about the end of the world. Gods are dying. It's a very personal story because Thor's a god. Mm. And that was different. That was cool. It's not like the world's going to end like in Eternals, for example, or the Avengers films. It was nice to have a, just, I don't know, just a, a light massacre, mate. <laughs> a light massacre. I'm, I'm always about the I'm always about the drama, mate. I, I want to see these characters. I want to see Logan. I, I keep saying <laughs> I want to see Logan again. I want to see that kind of level stakes, you know. Um, I was gonna say the the big badass fight between the Mighty Thor and Gordo was a bit shit. I was like, yeah. Oh no, I loved I loved all the fight scenes. I thought they choreographed really well. Christian Bell again. You can't help but think of that night from Dark Knight Rises. You know, Dark Knight Return. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, where he's like, live long enough to be the hero. You'll see yourself as the villain. Like, yeah. wait up, oh, Christian Bale. <laughs> here we go. Um, who in on the red carpet? Has he? he said he'll do another Nolan film if the script was right. Yeah, old man Batman. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. His back's broken. Mm. Yeah, I'd watch that. But he'll be training Robin, wouldn't it? He would be he'll training. He'll be a mentor. Which won't make any sense. It's like, I thought I always trained you. I mean, I disappeared for a while. <laughs> gave you the keys to the bank. I gave you a cave, man. <laughs> you, you, you fucked right up, haven't you? Um, Thor also has a lot of cameos in it from the kill children of uh, Thor himself and uh, Natalie Portman, Taika Waititi. All the kids are in it. Yeah, more of that nepotism, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I liked it. And it, and it, has a, it has a real, like, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's underpinned by a really loud soundtrack that just helps them action sequences. <laughs> It does have an ending where like, I was watching. I was like, "I've sure seen this." Yes, Shazam. <laughs> well, I think I think um, I, I I thought I heard that Taika Waititi was going to have Kate Bush in the soundtrack. He did. I've read this. Stranger as well. Things has, has yes. took that now, and he's you know, and he's like, "Well, I can't. I couldn't." So we had to change yes, it. I did hear that as well. It's um, the internet, so it might be. Bollocks. No, I've heard uh, Taika Waititi say it in an interview that oh, he, right, he cool. said about Kate Bush. He was like, "You know, now I can't touch her," and he had plans for it and stuff, but. Um, yeah, it is underpinned. It, it, I liked it. I thought it was a really, really good movie. I pleasantly enjoyed it. I laughed all the way through it. Uh, and we haven't even talked about the goats. Yeah, you're a big goat fan. I am a huge goat fan, Screaming mate. goats, mate. They, that's, sc- they that scream. A, that's actually a very good scene. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I'll give you that. That's a good reward as well. <laughs> Take these goats. Yeah. <laughs> I loved them. Uh, right, cool. That is for Love and Thunder. It was good. I can't wait for it to come on Disney+. Plus. I'm definitely going to rewatch it again. Um, I think there's loads, loads. There's a scene with all the gods that I think if you paused it, you'd see so much more. Um, I assume that's where Lena Headley's got to be. And um, well, maybe Jeff Goldblum, I don't know. Yeah, and there's uh, at the end as well, there's an end fight scene in a room full of statues that, again, the internet and people that love the source material, you know, have, have paused and ascended that that statue is of like Lady Death and everything who Thanos was in love with and all this kind of, you know, all these characters. There's a <sighs> celestial in it from Eternals, isn't there? Yeah, that's the promise. Now, now all that stuff you're saying, that makes me like, oh my God. Oh, Easter eggs, man. I'm all about Easter eggs. They are Easter eggs. If they stay Easter eggs, that's fine. That's what Easter egg means. But if they now like become a thing, it's going to irritate me. (laughs) But I know that's just me being a curmudgeon. I'm going to go back to my list, James. Yeah. I have a sticky note. And the next thing we're going to do is ranking uh, phase four. So as we're coming to the end of uh, phase four, and I'll be honest, they have rejigged and judged up phase four a few times with release dates that I don't know now whether or not we're still in it or whether we finished it. Because Black Panther 2 was originally phase four, I believe, when they did the big announcement, what feels like 
well, sure was Blade years ago was now. as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Blade was, Mahershala Ali came on stage at the very end. So we might, yes. all right, we, we're probably not out of phase four at the moment, but we certainly are 12 <laughs> deep. That it gives us a good talking point to say, out of the 12 uh, films and shows, so if, if you're wondering what they are, they are Spider-Man, No Way Home, WandaVision, Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness, The Eternals, Fall of and Thunder, Loki, Shang-Chi, um, Miss Marvel, Black Widow, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Moon Knight, Hawkeye. If you were to rank them, what is your favourite out of everything that has been released in Phase 4 so far? You, you want me to go favourite straight away? You don't want to go from bottom? Oh, go, go, bo- let's go from the bottom, James. Let's go from the bottom. So my bottom two, I haven't seen them, so it would be harsh for me to put them anyway. So I'm not saying these are the worst, but Miss Marvel and the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I've only got a top ten. I haven't seen them. It would be unfair for me to rank them. I've heard great things about both. Um, I really like the idea of what I've heard about the Falcon and Winter Soldier, that the new Captain America is a, is a dick. And I really like that. That sounds mm. really cool. I've heard nothing but good things from you about Miss Marvel. You're, you're, you're a fan of I like Miss Marvel, yeah. yeah. So my number 10. It's going to disappoint me. Moon Knight. I just... I, I, do you know what? As first episodes go, it had me. Yeah. By the third episode, I couldn't give a toss. I'll, just, I'll catch up because Moon Knight's my number 10 as well. Oh, okay, cool. My, my bottom was Black Widow. Oh, okay. Because there's some unforgivable... Um, ending of that movie yeah. like where she survives falling you know her and Florence it's ridiculous On and we're talking MCU ridiculous Yeah, it's still ridiculous it is pretty ridiculous how they like survive all of that stuff they've got kick ass uh, villains in it that they don't utilise Ray Winston <laughs> they've got Ray Winston <laughs> yeah who's already been in it he was the villain in the first four movie right I'm not forgetting that he was the original he was when Loki when Loki was a um, frost demon he was the frost giant he was the Voice of the main one, wasn't no, it? No, I think it was Ian Combe. Was it? I think so. I thought he was... Oh, I could be wrong there. But either way, Black Widow, I thought was was a was a victory lap for a character that should have had a standalone movie before then. Yeah. And there's no... There's no... like So they talk about a family in it, and it's great casting of the family. Rachel Weisz yeah. and uh, Hooper from... David Harbour. David yeah. Harbour. That's fantastic. Bring in Rachel... Uh, Rebecca... Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, sorry. Who was... Who I think takes the mantle quite well. Yeah. I think the passing of the torch is... It's so evident, but it's actually really well done. But at the same time, it's like, there's no peril. We, we don't care because we know that she dies later. Yeah, it just <laughs> so, it just felt like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Scully Hansen's like arc's done now after... Um, after Endgame. After Endgame. Oh, let's it, give it, her an arc. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I liked all the origin stuff. I liked the stuff about the, the widows. Like, all that stuff was cool. That yeah. ending, it was so unforgivable. I was in the cinema like, oh, no, this is just <laughs> stupid now. Um, you know, and, after, and to me, too late. You know, not we should have had that film way soon. Yeah. So I did enjoy. It. I liked all of these shows. I should say that. But if, if I had to put mine, would go Black yeah. Widow. Um, then I'm gonna go uh, Miss Marvel, just because it's not made for me. I enjoyed it. it is it's it's, it's entertaining. It? It's not made for me. I'm not the target audience for it. I never once got bored, and it never uh, turned to my phone or anything like that. It it just didn't grab me like some of the others. If it if it's a gateway for new audience people and people from different demographics into superheroes because they start to see themselves represented on the screen i'm more for that yeah. but as a 35 year old white bloke you know <laughs> sophia it's, it's, it's entertaining yeah. but it, it's it's not up there for me so That's for fun. me black widow miss marvel then moon knight i'll it's agree just, i just feel like the premise was so good but it needed to be good to get you in because it's a lesser known story and has to tell you and i was really intrigued by ethan hall but then an episode ends with like a hippo in a mental home and i, and I was like what and i felt like have I missed something? I rewatched the episode. No, I haven't missed something. And someone told me, and I watched the next episode. It's still what it was explained. It was someone's like, oh, the payoffs at the end. I was like, I don't want the payoff at the end. I want something to keep me interested. I tell you what, I was not interested. 
But great opening, great premise, great idea. F. Murray Abraham's voice, beautiful. Yeah. But you've always been a big, you, you, you even told me, he's like, he's in it too much. Way, way too much, yeah. But I like it when in the first episode, or is it in the second episode, he's on the bus and he keeps passing him. I thought that was cool as fuck. Mm. But then in like the fourth one, I'm fairly certain they have like an open conversation that lasts about 10 minutes. Yeah. And mm. he's like, oh, I don't want you, I want the other one. So is he schizophrenic or is he blah, blah, blah? And do you know what? That's a really good idea. Didn't keep me interested enough to stop caring, didn't finish it. There's a great story in there. There's amazing acting in it. Yeah. Um, it, it, he's a cool character as well. He looks awesome. You know, all versions of him look awesome. Um, it was just very choppy. And there were scenes in it, as, again, where like, when, they, when they're all called together, you know, in the, and, it, and it's just like, he's like, oh, he's a villain. And then he walks in. No, I'm not. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. He's it. He's, you know, like, I, I just felt it was, too, there was, Unfortunately for me, it was it was a bit of writing errors, and I, this comes from someone who loves Star Wars. So and so, I know how hypocritical that is. Um, <laughs> but there were a few like you know that that script in some places, that storyline was held together by blue tack. Yeah, in certain scenes, it was just like Let, we just need to get to this next scene. It's just we need, well, there's a payoff soon, but I got sick of that promise. I liked Ethan Hawke. I thought the first episode was awesome. It was the first good. episode was really good. There, there were and as I keep, I'm going to say it through all of these. I thought they were all, all these shows were very, very good. I enjoyed yeah. all of these. But so, but for me, Moon Knight is there. Um, so my number nine, no surprise, Black Widow. It, it, as I said, it, just not enough in it for me. I know what happens. There's very little. Love the family, but not in it enough. Love the idea of a Russian Captain America. Fantastic. Arbor is so good ain't it? I just wanted him and I wanted Rachel. I wanted the family mm. unit and obviously that's what it's about but Ray Winston chewing the plane till it crashes. <laughs> what about like also blowing up that high security prison? Like, and you think, all right, so I, get, I get that there's a load of people dying but there's a load of people there that that's, that's their job. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't look like it's the most vibrant place for work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you can't be like, oh yeah, everyone who works in there is a villain. Just all... destroy that economy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like, fuck them all. They all burn. Bar <laughs> David Harbour, he's allowed. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's, he wasn't good, was it? Also, you see, also isn't Rachel, she betrays them at some point, but then feels instantly unbetrayed. It just, wow, oh, shut up. Yeah. Um, I'm going Falcon and Winter Soldier next. Yeah. I like the buddy cop thing. I liked, again, some of the episodes. I thought Sebastian Stan was great. Anthony Mack is great. Um, I, f- I really liked, um, oh shit, what's his name returning in it? I don't know. Oh, you, Zemo. Is it Zemo? Um, Zemo, yeah. I forgot his bloody name The now. guy from Civil War. Yeah, the, with guy. the guy from Rush. I forgot his name... I really like that guy as well. Nick Nick Brawl? Brawl? Yeah. I from Inglorious Bastards. I Daniel Brawl. Daniel Brawl? I'll still accept it. Daniel Brawl, I believe. Um, I thought he was really good. Entertaining. It, it didn't outstay its welcome. Really nice and tidy, the amount of episodes in it. Um, I like New Captain America. <laughs> you know, I like I liked all of it. It just... From what I heard, it sounded pretty good, like the new Splinter Group Patriots and stuff like that. You know, they wanted to bring the... They wanted to bring the snapback, didn't they? That sounds cool to me when I'm listening to it. That sounds cool. It just didn't have Disney Plus at the time and it wasn't promoted enough for me to actually care. Does that make sense? It was like, oh, I want to see it's Obi-Wan worth watching. first. Yeah, it's, I probably it's, will. It's worth watching. It, 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 I think it was six episodes and it has a really, it, I thought it ended well. Um, and it certainly sets up, you know, Falcon as the new uh, Captain, Captain America. America. Um, and they have that really great relationship where, you know, it's kind of like two ex-lovers of Steve Rogers having to work together. It's like, yeah. I, was, I was his best friend. I was his best friend before you. Yeah, but you loved me more. I was his last love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, you know uh, I, I enjoyed it, but it is where it is for me in, in this. Uh, mm. And also the reveal at the end. I was like, you, you saw that from episode one, you know. Yeah. 
So next, um, my surprise here. I don't think it will. Eternals. Whilst I didn't think it was as bad as the internet made out, there is a. Have you rewatched it? It's it's laborious, mate. It's quite a slow trudge. I really like the performances in it. I think Rachel McFadden. Uh, Rachel McFadden. Sorry, Mike. Uh, Richard McFadden does <laughs> Richard. Some really, It does such a good job. I think he's really. Uh, He's really good Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is with the Eternals is it's the storyline that no one wants to care about, like as the grand the grand theme. I'm a big fan of the Celestials. I thought they were great. And because it's been a while, we can talk about the spoilers, which we didn't at the time. But like the end, the idea that, that there's like a Celestial hand just popped out of nowhere, the idea of the Celestials as villains is awesome. This is the sort of thing, plant your seeds now, pays off later, because I believe it's a... Stars Guy that does the voice as well. Booming voice. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Performances are fine. But, the, but like the Ebony Sword, don't know what that's about. Oh, it's Jon Snow. Don't know what that's about. You know, it's all of this stuff that disappointing. And then you've got weirdly Blade's voice at the end of it, which I still don't understand, but hopefully will be explained later. But the Eternals, I thought was all right. I didn't shit on it like everyone else. It's okay. Do you hear that um, Anthony Starr is rumoured to be in cast as Dracula in the Blade movie? I would love that. I believe that's the case. That's the that's the big one on the internet at the moment. I'd love that. I'm and, and I, that. I think I think this goes back to it, isn't it? Is that Blades? They announced it's gone quiet. They had to put his voice in at the end. Yeah. The link being swords. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, the, my problem is because I don't read comics and because I don't read Easter eggs. Right, I, I'm not one of these fans. There's nothing wrong with a fan reading into something at all. I just don't do it. It probably means something. I don't know. Like the swords stole his soul. I don't have a clue. We'll find out. Hopefully in Blade. Yeah, I think um, is it Ironheart is coming out, um, which is the the John Snow. Um, oh, is it? All oh, right, okay. TV show that's going to. Oh, is it going to be a TV it? show? Yeah, well, he's back as well because have you heard this? They're casting a sequel to Game of Thrones. Yes, I have heard that. So yeah. that's so people should be wary. That's not been given the green light. That is something that they are discussing to bring forward. But I'd like to point out Game of Thrones ending. There was supposed to be like eight spin-offs to Game of Thrones, but the last series of Game of Thrones cut that down to one. So. <laughs> I'm I'm going to uh, agree with you. I'm putting Eternals there as well. I think Eternals, I enjoyed. I, I haven't rewatched it, but I did enjoy it when it came out. Um, I, I thought it was art housey. I like the Celestials. I'm just going to repeat everything you said. <laughs> I, I like I like that there was so many. Uh, you know, it was like it was in a time as well where Justice League was really on its ass. It's kind of like here's here's all them characters, but not. It's kind of like the Wish version of all those characters. <laughs> That's good. Like, it's like I want Justice League. You've got Justice League at home. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and I am a fan of, I like it when Marvel, um, you know, let they bring in direct directors to put their spin on it. We talked about Taika Waititi. I will always, I'll go to my deathbed wanting the Ant-Man from Edgar Wright, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. So I thought that movie was good. I enjoyed it. And I, and I think it's a shock. I think that would be a, on the bottom of a lot of people's lists. But I thought there's quite a few good performances. Yeah. And it, I felt, I sat in the cinema and two things will stick out to me. One, I sat in the cinema watching a uh, series of movies where we are now like in the 25th, 26th number. Yeah. And I sat there going, I haven't seen this before. That's true. It was grand. And secondly, as we entered the third act, I genuinely was like, I don't know how they're going to get out of this. The best thing about this entire film is, is not the action. It's not the set pieces. It's the moral dilemma of they're all being created for a purpose. Mm. And we can talk more spoilers now because hopefully you've seen it. It's been a, f- it's been a few months, years since we've done it. But you and I came out of cinema buzzing. It's like, what would you do? Like this God will help billions of people. Do you sacrifice millions? It's, it's a really good dynamic and how the group splinters. I was a huge fan of that. And I absolutely agree. It wasn't as bad as everyone thought. I thought that moral dilemma, that's a bit of me. That's a bit of me. Um, so that was so we both had Eternals then. So I'm going to say next that I don't actually have a problem with these next ones. 
some of them just better than the others. And uh, Hawkeye. Fucking love me some Hawkeye. I was genuinely good. I love the fact it brings in uh, Kingpin. I like the story. I think um, I think even the, the girl is a fantastic addition, taking the mantle as well. It's Hayley. Hayley um, Stanfield. Yeah. And I, you love Hayley Stanfield. And do you know what? I, Jeremy Renner takes a lot of abuse for being there. Uh, being the arrow man, so here's the <laughs> difference. Guy, but he was good. Here's the thing. So when you get um, if you know you, you get you, the standalone Black Widow movie, which I didn't felt felt worked. Whereas we haven't had the standalone Hawkeye movie turn it into a TV series that did work. Yeah, I James, you and me are parallel because I agree. <laughs> Next to my list is Hawkeye. Everything that has been announced <laughs> in the MCU that was the one I was shitting all over. Yes. I was like, who is going to watch it? I was me. ill <laughs> when I watched that. I was I was really ill last year, and it. Two episodes were released and uh, and I couldn't sleep. So it was like four in the morning. I came downstairs, ill as anything on the sofa. And for two hours, that show entertained me and took my mind away from it. And I I, I will watch it again this Christmas. That was um that was that was the that was one of the first things where I ate cheese late at night while Esther was in bed. Because Esther has Disney Plus and I eat stinky cheese. <laughs> she was in bed. She gave me a phone. Bit of Stilton, mate, bit of Brie, bit of Hawkeye. <laughs> bit of Hawkeye. <laughs> So we, we we should have about five left. Yeah, I've got six left. Six left, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number six. I think this is where we're going to split it. But like I say, it's because we've got we've got these are good. These aren't bad. I'm just ranking them. Uh, One division number at number six. It's a great premise. Going through the eras of television was a great idea. And I'm going to say now for two characters, I couldn't give a fly monkeys about. I I didn't I didn't think Wanda was utilized. I think Wanda now has been utilized very well. But at the time. She's supposed to be the most powerful woman. That's all the fans were saying. She hasn't really done anything. Vision's the opposite. He's so OP. What's the point? It's just like the Superman dilemma. Oh, terrorists have taken over a tanker. Well, everyone stay home then. <laughs> just send Superman. Oh, it's an asteroid. Send Superman. Just, I don't understand why, like, Captain America even gets dressed. He's like, I'll send Vision. <laughs> um, but it was absolutely fantastic. I, to be honest, I still don't really understand the majority of it. <laughs> um but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked I liked going there. I liked WandaVision. And I also liked the character and what spawns from that. So I, WandaVision for me, I think you might think it's low at six, but that's because I had such great uh, chemistry with the other films. I'm putting four Love and Thunder there. No, We've just okay. talked about it. For me, that is firmly there. Firmly yeah. in the middle of, it was good. Some things I thought could have been better. It surpassed my expectations in a lot of other areas. I'd love to rewatch it and I'm going to rewatch it when it comes out. Yeah. So there I am. I'm happy with putting my four there at number six. You're going to have to speak again very soon here because my number five next number, Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm. Again, like you said, we've just spoken about it. Rewind, listen to my words and you'll see why it's number five. <laughs> here I'm putting my WandaVision. Oh, mate, yeah, let's start very similar. Yeah, so I'm putting WandaVision here. I, I agree with what you said. I thought it was a very, very well made TV show. Yes. I loved as well that I got to episode three going, what is the arc of this show? Like, yeah, where, what is the... And then by episode three, they started to show you things that you had seen mm. and you're like, oh, that wasn't that. And then there's something more sinister here. And then easily it was Disney releasing I th things, you know, internet rumours, like because when, they needed people to start catching up. It was when they cast the Quicksilver from the X-Men series that Fox owned mm. and not the brother from the Avengers Evan Peters. movie. Evan Peters. That was, that, I remember thinking, what the hell is going on? It was like, that's great casting. He's acting just like, and she's like, there's something quite right. What, there's something not quite right. And like, they show up in the original, they had so much fun making that. It's like, let's blur the, let's blur the fourth wall. And he was, do you know what? Sold. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think by the end of it, it was really, really good. Really dark, really settled where her character's going. Um, Outstanding performance from Elizabeth Olsen as well. Yes. I thought as a, as a grieving, um, in the, you know, grieving of vision, um, 
and that is a proper Shakespearean tale. What happens by the end of that, um, you know, that that for that character and sets up her in a big, big fucking way. Yeah, I felt a bit. Uh, I felt like dirty. Disney pulled a bit of a dirty because they were like, "Oh no, don't worry if you don't buy Disney Plus, you, you can still enjoy the MCU yeah, films." <laughs> and then they fucking pulled that one out from under the rug. Yeah. You you definitely needed to have seen One Division to know where Doctor Strange was going, but. I, I thought it was an outstanding performance. I'm pointing there is my number five. So it, mine's completely linked here into number four, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, a great film uh, traveling the cosmos, co- uh, covering the different dimensions. We got famous casting. We got great callbacks to other uh, prophecy, uh, other film owned, basically. I'm trying to say Patrick Stewart, which yeah. were I know I know it was one of those things where I dared to believe. I mm. dared to dream that it was going to be him. They told me it was his voice. It was him. He's in a yellow wheelchair calling back to arguably the best cartoon from the 90s do ever. Do, 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 do. That theme played, do, do, didn't it? Do you remember when you, do, do, do. you told me that? And I was like, oh my God, I missed it. Or did I miss it? It was in a, oh, fantastic, brilliant. I, do you know what? Benedict Cumberbatch isn't everyone's favourite cup of tea, but that's not true because he is, because he's British. He's a cup of tea all over. <laughs> he's an old grey. <laughs> he's an old grey. It was phenomenal. I actually, not phenomenal maybe, I really enjoyed it. The pacing goes out of the window, but it's one of those things that I'll only notice the pacing when I'm watching it. When I'm removed, I'm not thinking, oh, the film's a bit paced terribly. I'm thinking, that was awesome. That was awesome. That seat piece was, uh, that set piece was awesome. Uh, yeah. Do you want fan? Even like Raimi going back to his roots and we have like kind of a horror ending with a zombie. Even that was brilliant. And do you know what? I, this is one of these films that's rare for me. When I come out of the cinema, I love a film. And then I don't talk about a film, you know this, I usually take about 10 minutes, let it percolate. And then I start coming up with negative, negative, negative. Came out of the cinema not really getting Doctor Strange. But 10 minutes later, I was like, actually, do you know what? I'm being too harsh on it. Mm. Months later, fucking love it. It's out on Disney already. I know. Crazy. It is crazy. But do you know what? You should watch it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. uh, James, you and I are in sync. My number four is Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I'm going to agree with everything you just said. The... Caveat? The, the, no, the, the one thing I will say though as well is I, I I don't know whether it's because I keep my ear to the ground in, in film world and, you know, whether that be on social media or whatever it may be. There is something, there are certain Marvel films that are coming out where they know they are home runs and yeah. they put in that little bit of extra PR or whether it's because it's got a cameo in it, you know, and, and there was something about Spider-Man and Doctor Strange this year that were like Disney, Disney kind of going, you're going to want to see this year. Yeah. And there was something special about going into Doctor Strange. The style goes back to that whole put directors behind the helm of these movies and just let them do what they do fucking and, expertly. And it seems to work. I know I know that, you know, they get bullet points, but the different styles you get, and it is noticeable because I think Taika Waititi started it. And no, probably the Russo brothers started it with Winter Soldier. They've got their own style, but ultimately they they mix. There has to be an element of trust. You say like, so Kenneth Branagh didn't have it in 4-1? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, but then it works well when you lend other characters. So, do you think James Gunn's the only person that could get those performances out of Guardians of the Galaxy? I personally do. It's a very James Gunn story. However, the Russo brothers treat Guardians of the Galaxy in Avengers Infinity Wars and Endgame quite well. Mm. So it's like, it's like I've done all this hard work. Will you do something with them? So I, I think, actually, you've made a good point. Thor, the first two Thor films, I know they're all right, but Thor as a character is pretty boring. But however, Taika Waititi gets his hands on him, turns him into something else. Mm. Russo brothers like, I like that. We'll carry that on. And you get now Thor's probably the best character and is the longest serving character that's still around. 
Yeah. Which is and pretty impressive that your oldest character is somehow your freshest. Doesn't he only need one or two more show, one more appearance to take Hugh Jackman's title as the most reoccurring oh, character? That might. That might I think it cool. is. I think it's one or something. The, the, other the one only is, way that'll happen is if he goes up against. That needs to happen. On the film that happens, Wolverine needs to be in it. Yeah, true. Well, they would have recast him now, now that yeah, um, mutants are. We. Jackman's coming into it He's, at some point. He has to, even if it's as Jackman in a Deadpool film. Even if it's another Days of Future Past timeline kind of weirdy thingy alternative universe, time splitting, whatever it may be, cameo. Jackman is putting on them claws at some point. Yeah, he's got to. Yeah. The, the, the world demands it. The, if you're with Disney and you're getting a slice of this cheddar and it is thick, yeah. <laughs> there is, other than, I mean, X-Men is the big one to go after, yes. isn't it? I don't know why they're putting all this fucking... Uh, they're putting all this like reliance that Fantastic Four is the one because third time lucky. Yeah, you know the the original when, family. When you've got when you've literally got a film. Well, don't get me wrong. There's some bad ones, but it's delivered most of the, the time. But the Deadpool Wolverine crossover, yeah, with Jackman and Reynolds is has got to be the next big tick on their list to mm. say, can, can we do it? Because it will break even. It will double at the box office. Yeah. It's it's. Inst- it's printable cash all money. you need is all you need is like the hint of it and look at literally what 10 second clip of a shadowy character on the internet it's like, oh my god mm. the X-Men are definitely in this it just teases some more like that X-Men are coming <laughs> and, and, and I do think Taron Egerton is going to be Wolverine yeah I know that's big on the internet but I do I think that's going to happen okay fair enough if they're going to put it X-Men's such a good bag. That's one I'm like, keep revisiting. There's so many good characters yeah. so many different storylines I just want to get over with though I just want X-Men to start now the problem I'm is, excited. I just want, because obviously the first film they come into is going to be Avengers versus X-Men. And do you know what? I'm still going to like that. Yeah. That's going to happen. I think we're getting into which was going to be our next chat, which is what do we want from Phase yes, 5? What's yeah. our wish list? Sorry, let's, 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 let's bring it back to our top three then. So just, if you're not keeping up at home, the last three should be Spider-Man, Loki and Shang-Chi. They are. Those are the three I've got. Now, I've picked this as number three, but it's probably the... It's the best atmosphere I've ever been in a cinema. But the reason I've picked it as number three, to, to truly understand how awesome this film was, you had to watch three Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, you had to watch two Andy Garfield ones. To really get it, you then had to watch at least one series of Daredevil. Spider-Man No Way Home, if you're a fan, was one of the best films you'd ever seen. However, if you were coming to this as a newcomer, you wouldn't have a fucking clue why everyone was raging about this film. And do you know what? I think just for that reason, because I have to think of it as a whole, probably number three. However, was the best experience I've ever had in a cinema. When those moments show up, and you know what it is, but they tease you. It's like, you see Spider-Man. The, the audience knows that that's Tobey Maguire. Mm. They know it's Andy Garfield. They're going to make you wait. <laughs> and do you know what? It was worth the wait. And the, the crowd erupted. And it was fantastic. It was actually the best experience. I was with Esther, really first screening on that like Friday morning. Amazing, delightful. However, because I'm a narcissist, it's because you have to lay a lot of groundwork. So you, that's why you're going to get top three. I'm putting in my third place a film that I think should be number two. But when I tell what my number two is, I'll try and justify it. Okay. But I'm putting Shang-Chi third. Okay. Shang-Chi, I didn't know anything about going in. So, you know, even like the Captain Americas, I remember the like 90s movies. With Rob, and, Rob Bren or something. Yeah, yeah, and I remember, you know, I knew the Red School and I remember seeing them, I, I read them from Blockbuster and all that kind of stuff. Um, at a time when I didn't know the difference between DC and Marvel, you know, yeah. so I'd read a Flash movie one week and then Captain America the next. Um, I knew nothing about Shang-Chi, you know, the characters in it. Christ, did I enjoy that. And and again, it was at a time when it came on Disney+. Plus. 
yeah, because I didn't, I didn't see this one in the cinema, so it came out. I watched it at home. I laughed. I enjoyed it. It was just a thoroughly enjoying, uh, enjoyable experience. I thought it was well acted. It was a brilliant storyline. It was a world I knew nothing about. Characters I didn't know anything about. Some reoccurring characters, you know, Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah. I think the film... You're apologising for our math, right? <laughs> yeah. There were a few scenes where I thought, you, you know, that um, I could have done without and it got a bit lengthy and stuff. Um, but... Um, yeah, Fing Fang Foo, all the all the kind of stuff that happened in that movie. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. It probably should be number two on my list, but I've got a reason why number two is what number two is. But yeah. Shang-Chi for me, oh, it was incredible. And it took me back to so many martial arts movies that I loved growing yeah. up. It's, it's a style of cinema that was, was, was different. The, the bus scene in this, yes. and where it is in the film as well, you know, the whole like, if you, if, you, if you got dragged to the cinema and you didn't really want to watch this movie watch this and then instantly you're like oh this film is brilliant so I think I know what your top one is because I think it's your favourite of all time favourite so I believe we're going to have the same for number two because I've gone with the Loki the TV series and what I love about this is I'll, I'll be honest I don't really like Loki as a character I didn't understand how they were going to do a character let alone I didn't realise how they were going to do a sequel to this bear in mind the character goes out their arc is complete Tom Hiddleston doesn't their, get, their arc's been complete twice yeah so so every, so it was it was different. It was new. It was, it was unique, but at the same time, it was similar. And I didn't know what to expect. And then you told me, it was you that sold it to me. So I was like, one day I broke down. I was like, I'll give it a watch. And one episode turned into two episodes. And then I remember the episode where it got me. And it's, I believe it's episode three or the end of episode two. He's in a supermarket and there's a big natural event. He's trying to find, Loki's trying to find a version of Loki. I was hooked. Mm. I thought it was such a great job, these different versions of Loki. Fast forward and you've got Crocodile Loki. Yeah. You've got old Hugh man. Grant. You've got, yeah. yeah. Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant Loki. Sold. What a great idea. Again, setting up something about that is going to be very vital to the to the next set of big villains in the next phase, which I love about, they don't mention that. They say, oh, you won't need to watch WandaVision. You fucking need to watch Loki because it's pretty much explained in the final series. Get introduced to Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. You get induced to so much. Loki was well written, well acted. And do you know what? I've never been a big fan of Owen Wilson. Even he's good. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement. Number so, two is is Loki for me as well. I think from the moment I press play to the end of every episode, I enjoyed that show. And I think a lot of people will be screaming at this because there's a lot of people that thought Loki was trash, the TV yeah, show. Yeah, I can see that. And would see that this is almost the bottom of the list. Aesthetically, even the title sequence and the end credit reel, I was like, there's just something about me that I love how this looks, how it feels, how it's paced. Hiddleston is a tour de force. He had scenes in bad movies that were brilliant. Yeah. In 4-2, in that movie, when he's broken down in the in the cell, when he learns of his mum passing, that is top level acting in That's the That's acting in a film that definitely doesn't deserve That didn't it. deserve that performance. <laughs> Hiddleston he is undeniably one of the best actors around. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're keeping him on as Loki in whatever incarnation, version, universe, whatever. I like the aspects. I like the acting. I like the fact that there's this bureau that's going behind the scenes or between the seams of universes. But then is that a, is that fake? And no, the, the these people that they go to, they're fake. And what the hell? And then I, what I like is I like any film, series, or sequence of films that lead a trail of breadcrumbs, Wizard of Oz style. Mm. And do you get to go behind the curtain? And it pisses me off when you don't, when you get to it and it ends. Yeah. I like the film that's brave enough to go behind the curtain and say, this was what's happening. And then in this case, Jonathan Mayer is stepping up. 
in our, I could watch six hours of just them talking in that room. Yeah. It was so fascinating because you knew everything was hinging on what happens next. Everything that's about to happen. And even watching it, I was like, they're not going to fucking do it. Like, you know, and he delivers this line where he's like, if you think I'm bad, you haven't met my others. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's such a good line to give us everything that's going to happen now with Kang the Conqueror. Um, I do think that's, that's awesome. It's, it's really cool. I just love how that's set up. It's like, it's not mm. another, it's just a different version of me. It's just like, it, that's pretty badass. Yeah. And yeah. It, and I, I like all that stuff. I like that it, it did to go where it went to. I thought the effects looked really good. You know, I like the castle kind of scene, the castle at the end of the world kind of feel to it. Um, I like the idea as well that there's this place, this like um, purgatory, you know, for when you mm. fall between the seams of the universes and it, and it, no one wants to be there. You know, it's like it has so many deep, scary layers to it. The idea as well that you can be erased from, you know, erased from existence, yeah. you know, not just die. You know, it, in certain movies you die and then you see where you go after you die. This is like, no, no, no. If you die here, you die. You are, you are literally, your molecules are destroyed. Yeah. It had this real, you know, like fear to it. Like, oh, fucking hell, I wouldn't want that to happen to me kind <laughs> of thing, you know. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was really, really, really good. And I know a lot of people are going to hate the fact that he's a number two, but there's Joint number so two as well. Come out, come out. So that leaves your number one, Shang Chi. So Shang Chi for me, I'm just going to mirror a lot of what you said. So I'll just add my own parts. Everything you said. Plus, it got me interested in a genre and a hero that I couldn't. So I, this is probably when I first started to get hero fatigue. So I wasn't that interested. What looked like a Jackie Chan ripoff. But do you know what? I love the stuff in. Is it San Francisco? Yeah, I love the stuff in San Francisco. And then the the the, the fight along the the building. Brilliant, the stuff in the bus. But then when they even go farcical magic way out, going into this new world, the scene with the map, I've told you, because I didn't watch it on the big screen. I watched it on Disney Plus at home. I wished I was in a cinema. I wished I'd seen this film that, I'll be honest, had no right being this good. Mm. And because my, because my expectations were so low, my heart wasn't expecting it, and it won it. And do you know what? Aquafina, mm. that, I never really liked that secondary annoying character that speaks and makes the jokes all the time. But Aquafina, the role that she does, you know what? You fair play. You, you proved me wrong. Yeah, because she, not only was she funny, interesting, was um, it, she wasn't a bolt-on character. She mm. had a purpose. She had, she had like a, you know, where she goes by the end of that movie, I found was, you know, right for that character. But she was also you. You know, there are bits where, yeah. she's, like, where she's like, you're what? an idiot. <laughs> like, just... Even the bits like when you get the abomination, you got mm. Benedict Wong, or you they even bring back like the Hulk and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's so cool because it's like, they're like, Jesus, I didn't expect that. You know, mm. that's always like, so there's a really good thing where um, the Hulk is like, I, I explain these 10 rings to me. <laughs> that yeah. sort of stuff. It's, do you want? Yes. I would, I will be there for the second one. I'll go to the cinema. Well done, Quanji. I'm, looking forward to the sequel, which is something, bear in mind, I'm at my highest. I couldn't give a toss about superhero films, but if you said, oh, it's coming out tomorrow, I would be there and watching mm. it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Good villain. Villains. Yeah, it's time for you to gush, mate. Yeah, well, for me, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. It's Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man is my favourite uh, character. Um, the films that I look so fondly at, this revisited. So the uh, Tobey Maguire movie in 2000, I remember seeing that cinema multiple times. I remember having the soundtrack, Nickelback on it. Yeah. Um, I remember that movie opening my eyes up to, fucking hell, this is cool. It looked awesome. Spider-Man mm. in 2000 followed by, in 2002, one of the greatest sequels it's, it's know, probably the, of all time. It's probably up there with like, the best superhero film as well. Yeah, it is, you know, and we won't talk about the third one. 
Um, but no one talks about Spider-Man. I love, I love Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man's the character that I would be if I was a superhero. I'm too old now, but that's who yeah. I would be. This was for me. This is for my, you know, this this movie was. It was it was a callback to the movies that I loved that I paid to go watch when I was a kid. Um, erased some negatives like that third movie. It made fun of them. Yeah. Um, I get that that movie, if you took all, if you stripped it from its um, reliance of you seeing other films and pulling on nostalgia and doing all those things, is it a good movie? Probably not. Maybe not a, a number one position to but a weird, movie like Shang-Chi that is completely original. But weirdly, this film wasn't actually made for newcomers. It was made as like, I think it was made as a like, these people have supported us since 2000. Yeah. Like we will, this is a thank you to them. And I get that and I've worked. Yeah. However, I've, I'm well aware I was sat next to Esther and Esther crammed them all in for all these years. So I was like, I'm loving this. 10 on 10 film. She's probably thinking, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, and I thought some reoccurring characters, some were seamless how they kind of just picked up those characters. Um, you know, William Defoe as sinister as ever. I love the fact that he's the first villain from 2000 and he's still the major threat. 20 years yeah. later, it's still... And there are things yeah. that happened right under your nose that are, you know, uh, that are sewn into the fabric of the character of Spider-Man. And when they happen, you're like, well, of course that has to happen for him to become that person. And even when they happened, I found myself just absolutely uh, blown away by that film and the effect I had. I laughed, I cried, I gasped, I screamed, you know, I did everything in that cinema and um, broke every rule, but so did the other 500 people that were in that room exactly. with me when I was watching it. Um, it's the only time I wish I'd been to the IMAX because I imagine that place exploded. It, it exploded, and, yeah. Uh, and the, the Odeon and Lincoln, mate, exploded. And rightfully so, because, you know, Maguire was awesome. And do you know what? I went for Maguire, I came home loving Garfield. Yeah, which is you know. weird. Which is weird because I was watching it. I, I feel like Garfield, not Garfield, sorry. I feel like Maguire's lost it a little bit. Do you know what? It was the magic he had mm. in. Well, Maguire, what, he's just turned 40, isn't he, this yeah, year? Yeah, bless him. It was um, really good. I love that. It's the little things like uh, when he says, this is really good for the back. And last time he's only got back problems because he's fine. It was all good. The only problem is, though, and it's not a problem. <sighs> the problem is the best Spider-Man film in the entire world is still Spider-Man is the Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, that, that's still. it. And we, and we get a sequel. So yeah, good exactly. for, for a greedy Spider-Man fan like me, that's that's it's still the best to go. You're right, actually. You're all right. If, if Spider-Man in the multiverse was in this list, that comes number one any day. Um, but it, yeah, it was still a, a tour de force of um, cinema experience. And I haven't had that since Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, that that level sure. of examine end game. These films are so rare nowadays. Oh, well, they are. I suppose I suppose you could say they're they're not rare nowadays because they keep happening every. But but do you know what's an event? Do you, if you'd been in a cinema and you'd watched uh, Re uh, Return of the Jedi, yeah, the end of that amazing trilogy, the feeling that when the Death Star blows up that the final time, you imagine it's the same sort of electricity when you watch The Godfather in the cinema for the first time. Being there is different to being told about it or watching it on a TV. You mm. experience electricity. And watching, so it's not Endgame for me. It was at the end of Infinity War when you felt like an entire cinema deflated. I never felt like the electricity or when they all come back to life. You, it was there, but nothing compares to the scene where Tobey Maguire takes, where Tobey Maguire walks into shot. Yeah. And the fucking place lit. And I thought it jumped high when fucking Charlie Cox showed up as dead. <laughs> and that place went mental then. I, but also, people were just ready for it. Post-COVID, yeah. People were just wanting to get in that cinema and just release all that pent up. And you do know, what? Point. It was the film to do that. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. I imagine. I went when I went to go see uh, Doctor Strange. It was a very small, very small screening. I wish I'd been to a packed screening when fucking Patrick Stewart rolls out. I, would have, I imagine they would have been the same. We're like, yes, finally, we're going to get expected. No, 
<laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. What, what's a, what, what a film? So that, that's our list. Let us know what your number one is. If you don't want to give us your full twelve out of, the, out of those shows and films, but also just going through that, there's so much good stuff. Talking about superhero fatigue, you know, I can't wait to rewatch Loki season one in preparation for season two, which is, I think, just wrapped. I think it's just finished. Oh, right. I can't wait to rewatch WandaVision and just wish that we had more Elizabeth Olsen and hope that in some way we can get that. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange is on Disney, you know, so I will watch that at some point and just see, is, is it as dark as I fucking thought it was? Because <laughs> I thought that film was dark. You know, oh, I'm not going to rush back to Black Widow, but at some point I probably will watch it. Yeah. You know, David Harbour's hot at the moment with Stranger Things. I'm probably going to watch it again just to see um, see that performance. Rachel Weisz, I'm a fan of. So there are, there's no right or wrong, you know, in that. I think it's fair to say that in your eyes, Marvel is still a game, still knocking out the park. It's still the only show in town. But what about his little awkward cousin? Not the, doing too well. Well, I was just looking at my post-it note. Do you want to do wishes for phase five or do you think we cover that? We want mutants. Oh, yeah. Mutants. mutants and Blade, really. Mutants and Blade, to be honest. I I don't mind. Also, you need to start developing your, your villain, which I believe is the first thing. Is like, is it Ant-Man 3? He's the villain. I think so, yeah. And I still maintain Ant-Man's going to die because they need to make Kang... Big. I, I think you're right because where's that character going? Exactly. Where's Ant-Man going now? I, I'm probably going to be completely wrong. Ant-Man's going to be the leader of the Avengers. But... Do, does he die or does it? Does he just get his suit destroyed? Does he retire? Does he say, look, I've saved the universe? Like, what a great way for uh, Scott, isn't it, the character, yeah. to, to kind of go, I've done enough. Like, So my thing is, Kang needs to show that he's got the goods, he's got the melons, he's got the cojones. He's got to be as big as Thanos. I think the only way to do that is kill a loved character. I can't see him killing anyone else. I, if he's going to be the villain and he gets beaten by Ant-Man, who is... They've done a very good job making Ant-Man seem like a legit threat, but at the same time, it's still Ant-Man. It's still a joke if yeah. that is Ant-Man. So I think he dies. I think he dies. He, he sacrifices himself trying to take out Kang. Kang survives. I, I, I personally don't understand how we can think Kang's a big threat if Ant-Man beats him in a and film. So, and I think as well, with the, with the setting up that certainly looks like the Young Avengers is going to happen, mm. they need someone to avenge. Yeah, exactly. So and it's normally going to be parents, isn't it? But I'd like to point out something as well. I've got everything completely wrong when it comes to Marvel. <laughs> mm. Every Everything, I was like, oh, they'll do this. I get it wrong all the time. So just because I think it's going to happen. And what they'll do is they'll write a better storyline and he probably survives. But, you know, that's just me. I think someone's got to go. So I think you're right. I think, yeah, so someone's got to be avenged at some point. Mm -hmm. Ghost Riders, the, the other big one, aren't they, that they're talking about, with Ryan Gosling rumoured um, <sighs> to be in talks. I think, is it... Is he too big, though? You see... No, what am I talking about? It's Ryan Gosling. He, he hasn't been in one yet. He needs to. He's super in of people, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they will. They're um they're, they're talking, aren't they? That apparently uh, MCU has met in the last week with Gosling and I can't remember who the other one was. Big thing came out of this week. Tom Cruise, Javier Bardem's being linked as a big villain coming up. You, right, but then he needs to stick around. You don't want to waste the Bardem. <laughs> you, don't, don't you? <laughs> you do not want to waste the Bardem. <laughs> like Jamie, one of those upsetting things about Skyfall is that they wasted the Bardem, and they don't waste him at all. It's the fact that he don't stick around for another film. <laughs> What a badge, though, Bond villain. Yeah. Because you want to be a villain, not Bond, don't you? Yeah, I, I know oh God. If you, and if you're a British actor, you probably want to be Bond. No, I, I was like... You, fucking villain. You want to be villain because you can't ham it up as Bond. You, what, you only get to sleep with women. On your gravestone, do you want best Bond or best Bond villain? I want best Bond villain. You because, do, because, because it's harder, it, isn't it? Yeah, best, you know, there's one of five. That's not impressive. You're up against like Christopher Walken, or and I always forget the name who played Goldfinger, who went on to this day is the best Bond villain. You're up against Sean Bean. Mate, Bond villain all the way. 
Bond villain. Bond villain. I want to be. Com- there's, there's an episode in that. I want to be a complete legit as well original one. I don't want to be like have a great plan or anything. I want to accidentally steal his phone. I want to be like a pickpocket, steal his phone, accidentally start a nuclear war, and he's got to hunt me down, but he can't find me because I've got oh, no social I presence. No, I, mate. I think I want volcano layer. Yeah, but, uh, but maybe I do. But I'll grade there. Because I stick around, mate. I've got a five, five, five episode arc. Basically, mm. you don't want to be Rami Malek, <laughs> who is the most redundant character in his own storyline. <laughs> like if he wasn't in it, eh? <laughs> I still think if he walked away in the wind, what a villain that would have been. Yeah, I've done my job. This impersonal. I've got nothing against you, Bond. I've done what I said. To it's do. the only way you could. Took out Spectre. I'm done. Yeah. Um, that would have been a great ending to that movie yeah I've genuinely one of the most heartbreaking films but actually that said it was a phenomenal film so what are we talking about either that or you've got the other Bond villain that's really good is the double cross isn't it is the you you need the and I know that they've done it with 006 and Sean Bean Mm. but you need the film that sets up that he had a brother in the academy yeah and he's supposedly dead but he's not you know and, and he comes back with a scar on his face. Or something like, you know, it's like he turned to the dark side and Bond let him. You know, he didn't, he had orders to kill him. So like the whole world thinks he's dead mm. and Bond's like, he's like, yeah, I definitely so killed him. It's like stepbrother. It's always yeah. something, isn't and it? It's, and then like, he gets a note going, you should have killed him when you had the chance. It's about his own demons, but like, everyone's like, but did you kill him? Mm. It's like, mm, maybe. But then again, you look at other good villains in, in history. Like, I was like characters like Riddler being someone who has been walked on in society mm. and take, and, and it can be something really petty that makes them a, a, an absolute serial killer you know you know like so like um, it, I suppose the Joker movie got under a lot of people's skins because it did that didn't it it was like it, it wasn't even about the joke was it it was about it could literally be anyone in this planet right now exactly yeah <laughs> they're, they're, you know society steps on them and they bit back and you don't like the outcome of it you know and I always find Riddler was really good at that. Like, there's a Riddler story where like he misses the bus so he fucking bombs or something you know like just and yeah, I, that, that could be really petty and, but the, I, I really like that as well in um in a Bond movie, if Bond kind of took on a Reacher feel, a Jack Reacher feel, mm. where, you know, Bond had no technology, he was he was holidaying or vacationing, or his car broke down in a town. Swansea. And, he, Nothing and, there's, Swansea. and there's a local gangster that he has to take on yeah. with no tech. Oh, mate. Again, there's one Logan. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, going back to it, X-Men. That's yeah, what X-Men's want. what we want. Because I don't that bothered about Fantastic Four. Like, I'm not, but I do like the... If the casting's going, obviously, they had John Krasinski. If they keep to that, do you know what? Fair play. I, I do want that. Yeah, I do, because they need to they need to undo what yes. was essentially them setting up Krasinski like the smartest man in the world, Reed Richards, and he appears, and he just doesn't even break character. He just appears. He's like, uh, Doctor Strange, we heard. And he yeah. just... Right. Cut forward two scenes later, where he, where his great tactic to beat Wonder Vision, uh, yeah. Wonder, sorry, you know the the Almighty Witch is yeah, to what, el- like slap it. I don't. What's he doing? Straight. I'm going to stretch my arm. Be elastic, mate. That's <laughs> the fact that she's just like you can't be that smart, can you? <sighs> okay, they need to redo that. Um, let's let's recast then. So if we look at uh, the DC, because DC is is down on its look, changed to say the least. Well, let's be honest. Every 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 time it gets a little bit worse. So. They finally, finally got round to releasing a Flash film. Well, it turns out you're done with Ezra Miller, so... Yeah, and I, and I think Gal Gadot's probably staying around as Wonder Woman. Why wouldn't you? She's awesome. Her relationship with Patty Jenkins, seriously, she'll come back for the third movie. The downside is you've now cast her in a world of shared shared characters, so that's where we're looking at, really. Yeah. Because, to be honest, Wonder Woman, I've got recasting, but I'm with you. I wouldn't actually replace Gal Gadot. And Momoa, you wouldn't change as well, because, exactly. you know, Momoa has Somehow really... Somehow made Aquaman cool. Exactly. That was <laughs> a hard job uh, you know 
And so, um, but certainly the other titular characters, Batman and Superman. Now, in my world, I want Henry Cavill to stay as Superman, James. So do I. I think he's a very good cast. He, he brings, he's got the chisel good looks. He's got the heart boy of gold. And they wanted to try something different. You know, he kills Zod, which I know pissed a lot of people off. And I, this is why I don't understand about fan bases. It's a few years ago, well, more than a few years ago, you had Superman Returns, which was exactly the same as the films from the 80s. This is what you wanted. You wanted Brendan Roth, but you didn't like him because he was too good. So then you got this one who, who, who kills him, but you don't kill him out of malice. He kills him to save life. So there's still a moral code. You didn't like that. What do you want? Do you, do you think that, that DC at the moment, they've just got a load of sweaty writers in a room, a lot of smoke and cigarettes, tie yes. writers going like crazy, and one of them just stands up. It's it's Red Bull cans everywhere. I think and he just goes, we need to start again. Yes. We need a movie that basically a villain wins, and then we do Earth 2. We do another version and we just build from the ground up yes if you want to have a shared universe because the one thing that DC is doing very well is it's standalone films like The Batman was a very good film Joker was a very good film if you want to carry on let them carry on but your shared universe like you're so desperate to have you need to start again so who are you having as your Batman my Batman I've got two names and you know me, you know that. He's we've got, got the jaw. We've jawline. got the same one. We've got the same one. John Ham. John Ham. <laughs> John Ham's got the jaw, mate. John Ham needs it. John Ham, he's got it, mate. It's John Ham. John Ham is 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 up there with Nathan Fillion. He was born to play Batman, so just let him play Batman. Yeah. <laughs> just let him do it. And do you know what? I'm not even gonna bother with the second one because it's John Ham. It's John Ham. <laughs> it's John I hundred percent think John Ham should play Batman at some point. I like an aged Batman. You know, I, I like. I prefer my Batman a bit because as well. If John Hamm is is Bruce Wayne, I also want to see him in a tux, yes, being sleazy at a dinner party because he's trying to throw people a bit of shade so he mm. doesn't think he's Batman. I want to see both. I, it's the only time I want to see a Bruce Wayne is if it's John Hamm doing it. Exactly. Even when Christian Bale was Bruce Wayne, they're swimming in a, swimming in a pond. <laughs> a couple of scenes are great, but fucking come on, you know, like I want to see Batman and the the, the, the parts of the movie I loved because you got a lot of Batman. And I think John Hamm would give me that perfect balance. If they were like the next movie, he doesn't ever put the cowl on. Mm. It's just him as Bruce Wayne. So what's Still it? want to see it. It's just called Wayne. It's your, oh, mate. <laughs> Black and white, mate. Wayne with a full <laughs> stop at the end of the title. Yes. Wayne. <gasps> um, this next one, mate. Superman. Superman's going to be the hardest, I think, to cast because everyone's going to have their own opinion. So I'm going to take the mix of both worlds. I'm going to take someone who's not completely and utterly buff like Triple H or someone like that. I want someone, though, who's got the kind of like the, the skill set when you look at him. I have gone Marvel this time, and I've gone with Ben Barnes, who you might remember, who played Jigsaw in the Punisher series, because I think he, he's got the body, and he's got the good acting to be a bit... Uh, I've seen him in other films, I think he's got yeah. it. It's a bit left field, mate. I know it's a bit left field, I know it's a bit different, but I've gone Ben Barnes, I think you might do a little something to it. Just, sorry, just backpedaling, who was your other Batman? Because I had another Batman. Actually. I have, but I've decided to put mine, because I forgot to do an Aquaman, so I was just going to fit them into Aquaman. Hey, do you want it? Because it's Frank Grillo. <laughs> Grit. Grillo is a great choice. Grillo, though, to me, is like Deathstroke. Yeah. Well, that's why I was thinking originally he might be perfect. He would be the villain, but I don't want him to end. Mm. I want him to be... There's got to be a vigilante. I want to do something a bit different, like maybe the Arkham Knight, mm. you know, or basically like the Red Hood, because he's got... I can't see him, like, dressing up. I can see him being a nasty prick. See, because I, I I, would want... You talking about the Punisher and Jigsaw, I, John Berthnall as Batman. Yeah. Again, because he'd great, make a great Bruce Wayne. He's got the whole. He's got that like broken nose looking, yes, kind of Batman feel fight, to it. Yeah. He looks rough and ready, um, and I think he'd be a Batman as well. They would like walk out the shadows, and someone would be like, "Who's this freak?" And he'd be like, "Fuck you, talking to son." You know what I mean? Like he'd have that level of like Ray Winstonness. Yeah, just be like, 
you don't realise what's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> like, Birfinal's a scary dude. He's a gorgeous looking man and very, very good actor. But I think he would have the rough and ready Batman. I just yes. wanted to see if he was his choice too. But I, I, I agree with what you said. Grillo's a great fucking call. So, so I've got him now as Aquaman purely because I forgot to do an Aquaman. <laughs> so with with Superman though, so what what I what, so I think I think personally Superman doesn't work if it's an actual star. Mm. I it has to be like Henry Cavill is a star now, but I think when he was cast as Superman, everyone was like, "Who's that? Oh, he's in that God film." So I don't think you can have an A lister because it would never work. So Zachary Quinto, Zachary Quinto, Zachary. What's his name? Um, Spock. No, not Spock. Sorry, from uh, Shazam. Oh, yes, I do know who you mean. Sorry. I want to say Zachary, Zachary Levy, but I'm... What, Levy, yeah. Yeah, so... Is it? <clears throat> so... Who played Shazam? He, he gives us the perfect example that you don't need to buff up to wear a suit that makes you look buff. And it, yeah. it's completely believable because then you also get rid of the pointless shirtless scenes, you know, that, <laughs> that are almost quite cringeworthy nowadays. So with that, and we've dropped his name with Zachary Wolverine. Levy. Yeah. He's Levy, yeah. yeah. So with that, we've talked about with Wolverine... Taron Egerton as a Superman character. Yeah, I can see that. I think you need to go young because because I've already, mate, you know me, DC and fantasy booking. Mm. I think I, I, I'm having two established characters. I think Batman's been doing it a while and Cyborg's been around a while. The rest of them are all kind of new. Mm. And so I see that. I I think Superman is genuinely the hardest. I can see Aaron Egerton. And I, he's not been in anything as far as I know. I mean, I, I, you could have also had, um, what's it, Richard McFadden as it, if he, well, had, yeah. if he hadn't just played Icarus. Yeah, exactly. played two... Flew too close to the sun, literally, in that movie. I think, genuinely, I hate to do this, but I reckon also Finn Wolfhard in a few years. I, I think he's, I'm he's not convinced with Finn Wolfhard at the minute. I well, don't. Not? Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about him that I like him. I like a lot of the stuff he's been in. I've listened to a lot of interviews with him as well, where he kind of comes out saying he's, he's like, you know, I'm an actor, musician, director, and stuff like that. It's like, I, too much. Okay. okay. I don't know. You're too young for all this kind of stuff. No, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just being malice. Did you, I, did you hear about Millie Bobby Brown calling out the creators of... Um, I did hear where about she's it. Like, I, I, where she's I, like, you didn't I, kill enough people. I was like, well, calm down, babe. He's got yeah. another series. He'll probably kill you. <laughs> Hopefully. Because that what a fucking book ends. Yeah, would be, uh, yeah, sorry. So with my Superman as well, the reason why I put Taron Egerton in there or someone of that calibre is because to me, Superman is the most interesting when he's trying to be the human. Yeah. So when he's flying above the sky, shooting, you know, lasers at his, you know, that, that's great. And and that's brilliant. And that's, you know, a lot of action stars can do that. It's the emotional grounded Lois Lane or family scenes or, you know, talking to his dad or talking to, um, obviously Kevin Costner. <laughs> or the other Robin Austin. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're the scenes, you know, it's the Henry Cavill climbing in the bath with, uh, you know, uh, oh God, uh, her ladyship, I forgot her bloody name. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. It's those the scenes. You said your relationship. I knew exactly <laughs> yeah. who you meant. Um, it's those scenes, the human scenes of Superman, that are the most exciting. And I think Taron Edison would pull that off really well. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to go. Um, what's his name? Aaron. Um, Aaron Taylor. Oh, Taylor, Taylor Jones. What's his name? Aaron Taylor Davis. Um, I don't know. I, but but this just again after like kick ass and stuff. I yeah. don't know. I think it's Godzilla that killed him. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I'm next, Wonder Woman. Now, I've got two choices here. If you want to go young, now this is one I would probably age up, Lily Collins um, or Lucy Hale. I think they've both got the look and the calibre. But I was thinking, Wonder Woman could be aged. Uh, Regina King. Yeah. Look, look, love me some Regina King. Why not? I mean, if you want if you want an Oscar performance. Exactly. And that's the sort of thing. That's, that's what I find is missing. I think you need older and up and comers. So that's what I thought Regina King. Although, I'm going to say this now. Keep Gal because she's yeah. she's nailed Gal, it. Gal she's, nailed she's smashed it, yeah. it. But if I'm, that's the one thing that you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to re-sacrifice everything because 
there's only one, two act, two actors that I kind of work in. The rest of them have you've either fired, recast, or it's not. Or well, they out. won't come back. If or you they won't come back. Yeah. So basically, Ray Fisher's example. So, so so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do something different. You might have to sacrifice a really decent one woman to get another one. Yeah, I think you're right. In a, in a, in in the world, you keep Gal. Gal is incredibly talented. I think if you're gonna go young, uh, and they and they, and and what's really good about this, James, is that we're pinpointing something that we talked about a lot of the times in this is that. It's the curse of, uh, you know, being a, uh, the curse of Hollywood is that if you're a female, it's great if you're young and then you come back as a kind of, uh, you know, aged actor, but there's that middle there's gap. There's that middle gap. You know, the Sandra Bullock down, you can only say if you're Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And <laughs> the rest so of you've got to go. Which is terrible. That that's, that, that's, that's how Hollywood works. Um, what's, uh, Mackenzie Thomas would be a great example. You know, seeing her recently in uh, Last Night in Soho, um, you know, Jojo Rabbit. I think that that's a, that's a great call. Um, Florence Pugh's a fucking tour de force. She was. I was trying to stay away from people who have been cast as main actors in DC so, or Marvel so far. So I'll go, and I don't know how it worked with an Irish accent. Let's go Sasha Ronan, or, and it works on so many sub levels, Hermana Granger herself. <laughs> no, Hermana Granger, keep it back. <laughs> yeah. Emma Watson. Emma That's Watson. Curse, isn't it? Emma Watson to just, to, to, you know, to be Wonder Woman herself, leaving books on benches, you know, and, and being all empowering, I think is a great fit. Um, I have forgotten Aquaman like genuinely legit because well, it's like Aquaman. Wonder Woman it's like Jason Momoa does it like, he does it that's so, the hardest job was to make that guy cool so I did realise though that I've got something which I think I meant to put in there Um, Eric Banner as Aquaman old the original Hulk himself I thought you stayed away from the MCU no I was but at the same time that film's so bad that everyone's forgot about that it's time for so him to redeem himself when Universal finally give up Hulk and they can do a standalone Hulk movie yeah. and it's not going to be called like Hulk no way smash and we get Eric Banner coming through some kind of portal and we've got Lou Ferrigno as well loads of Hawks together oh my god that sounds like the, right I change it I'll go back to Frank Grillo why not <laughs> <laughs> you, that's, the, that's the only redemption of that film is if he comes in and wins somehow and he'd be like oh my god he's beating me he was like yeah I built I beat a cloud once <laughs> or whatever me. that was at the end of that movie I, I still it, don't know how that film I ends I think it was my dad <laughs> <laughs> some kind of cloud rock thing um, so yeah Frank Grillo because of that come on but you're right it's it's Jason Moore has done the impossible he's not the one you have to recast in that film <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with uh, Momo for that for, for that character I think it's, it's you know do you go down the you know the Ryan Gosling now at the moment because he's playing Ken in the Barbie movie with his bleach blonde hair you know do you go back to his original orange and green and blonde hair mm. look Gosling could probably pull it off but I think he's he's saved for better things yeah um, <laughs> this is Momo as my last he's fine yeah but Momo I think he's he He's done what I think The Rock always tries to do. And maybe we'll do with Black Adam. We don't know. But what Momoa's done is he's 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 the he's the working person's actor in that everyone roots for Momoa. He's a cool dude. You yeah. know, he lives the life everyone wants. He's motorbikes, he's slinging tomahawks, drinking Guinness, and still has a great body, you know, and all this kind of and then he's made a you know a laughable character, cool and badass. Keep it with him. I, d I don't think anyone else can do it. I genuinely don't. I wrapped my brains about this this week, trying to come up with something that's smart, clever, or funny. And I, and I don't think it is. I, th I think Momoa is the man. I think there's wrong with that. Uh, quickly, Cyborg. I, this is one of the ones I'd age. And I think he needs it because I think they're in more. so fucking on par. I aged my Cyborg as well. Well, I went for a different... Well, I think this actor needs it. And I, what really irritates me is I don't know if this actor's got it, but it just doesn't have... just doesn't get it out anymore. I've gone Cooper Gooding Jr. Why not? Why not? Why not, James? Why not? Cuba, 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 Gooding Jr. Hopefully I say his name correctly. So my instinct was to go David Washington. 
Yes. After uh, obviously that's Taylor a good shout. Yeah. yeah. So that that was what my instinct was saying. Oh, you going Keith Stanfield? Keith, no, no, Lakeith yeah. Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield for me would be like a Lex Luthor. I think he could play that oh, real that'd be sinister, cool, yeah. uh, sinister feel for it. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, to be fair, could could do fucking anything, couldn't he? Mm. Um, no, for me, for Cyborg, I would pick someone like um, I want someone, someone peppered, mm-hmm. someone a little bit older. I know he's in Morgan the MC. Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's in the MCU, maybe, but someone like John Krasinski, I think, would do Cyborg really well. Mm. I can see that, and, and I'm a huge Kaczynski fan. Um, Flash, it was originally Michael B. Jordan, but it breaks my rules twice. <laughs> so uh, One and a half. <laughs> one and a half, so I have removed him. And, and I know this kind of breaks him. We have only bit part, so I'm going to accept it. Uh, Donald Glover Jr., or as people know him, is it Baby Bambito? I can't remember singing him. I'm not a music fan. Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. I wasn't You're even close, though. wasn't even close. Baby Bambino. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your rap name, isn't it? Yeah. No, mine's too cool for school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Donald Glover Jr. But then again, I realised I was writing this down. I'm just a whore for Donald Glover Jr. and Michael B. Jordan. I'll have him in everything. Mm. The Keith Stanfield as well. That would have been awesome. I'd love him as Lex Luthor. So as he wired for Flash, because Flash is the most problematic character right now. So I, I'm going to play into the comic book fandom is that you have a great Flash in Grant Gustin who plays Flash in the TV series. Yeah, and get him up to the big screen. Um, I, that's a great gateway to get him up. Now, I suppose the problem with that is is that you've already got his origin story and mm. you've covered a lot of villains in, in those in seasons. Series, yeah. So you would have to retcon and say none of them things exist and, and bring in a darker, edgier... Um, version, but Grant Gustin is is a great call. I think for Flash, I think Flash is Flash. I don't, I, I don't, I don't read the source material, so I could be wrong. But I always get the feeling with Flash, it's it's kind of like a juvenile character. Now that could yes. be because I've seen Ezra Miller play the character and and stuff, but he always feels like you know. I think it matches. It's, it's it matches that kind of personality. He's fast, like mm-hmm. he'll do anything. He's impetuous. He can't. It fits a teenage boy. They think before they act. He's fast. He. See his problem, he runs at it. So would you get Timothy Chalamet as a kind of Flash p- yeah. character? Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, why not? Timothy Chalamet. So uh, I don't know how many more you've got. Have you got a Martian Manhunter? I haven't got a Martian Manhunter. Who you got next? Um, I've got uh, Green Lantern. Good, we'll go Green Lantern. Uh, my I've, Green Lantern's awesome. My Green Lantern, so I've been saying it for years, the Hannibal Cannibal, the Hollywood Cannibal would have been the best one. But he's, Army Hammer. Army Hammer. He's working in a, what is he working in? He's, department store or something now. He's working in, he's selling timeshares in... Uh, oh, fucking hell. Army yeah. Hammer. Well, he's right. If what you did is true, and if not, that's a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not delete, flying it anymore, delete, is he? Delete, please, appropriate. I, I get, I'm not even going to go into it because we could get cancelled, but there are parts of Army Hammer's backstory that I kind of want a Netflix documentary on. Yeah. Mainly the cannibalism part. It's, right? cannibalism it's, part, it's not yeah. all the other stuff. It, that, you know, Hollywood actor turned cannibal. Fuck it, I want to see that. So I went a bit different, and by different, I was talking about, well, Green Lantern should be like an awkward young boy. I was thinking in my head, because he's younger and more pure, he's got less fear in him. That kind of, I went that route. So I've gone back to England and gone to Asher Butterfield, famous for being the main actor in Sex Education on Netflix. Yes, yeah, you I can that's, see that. That's who I've gone for. My other possibility was Logan Lerman from, uh, uh, oh, piss sticks. Yeah, Logan Lerman from uh, Percy Jackson and Lightning Feet. Oh, that's not the film. I was going to either go for Nazi Hunter on Amazon. Where Hunters. He had, Nazi Hunters or um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Perks Thank of Being a Wallflower, there yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Those are my two choices. But Asher Butterfield should be in everything. More. So mine is a... Um, 
I could never pronounce it. Posthumous awards. Yes. So it would be if this gentleman was still alive, and that would be Anton Yelchin. Yeah. As a flash. Yeah, I can see that. That'd I be- would see that. I was Green Lantern. Oh, sorry, as, as a Green Lantern, sorry. Yes. As, as Green Lantern. That's a really good. That's, the problem is that he was so good that he. there's loads of acting now that you'd be like, he'd be perfect for that. Mm. He'd be perfect for that. It's devastating. Um, next, to be honest, I just kind of went a bit mental and just picked random characters that I'd recast, like Commissioner Gordon, Denzel Washington. Why not? Why not? Lex, Lex Luthor, Oscar Isaacs. I know he's Moon Knight, but come on, I kind of want to see that. What about General Zod? Give Mads Mikkelsen a run out. Mads Mikkelsen, any, any villain. Yes, any villain. <laughs> But not the Joker. And now you know how I take my Joker casting. Mm. And I didn't know this. But before they cast Heath Ledger, he was asked to take it and he turned it down. He said it's one of his biggest regrets. Fucking Joker, Sam Rockwell. I did hear about this. That yeah. would have been awesome. I'm all about I love Rockwell. Rockwell was, would be a good Luther. Rockwell would, Rockwell would be good in everything, to mm. be honest. Uh, my Two-Face, Benicio Del Toro. I love a Two-Face. I, I feel like Two-Face hasn't been done on the big screen correctly. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Eckhart does a good job in The Dark Knight. Del Toro is a good call. Uh, then I went Del Toro purely because I think he could do the madness thing quite well because that's not really played in The Dark Knight. He's mm. scarred and then gets vengeance, whereas Two-Face is like a legit crazy character. There's two sides of him talking constantly about like, I need, yeah. they need to bring that up. And I'm quite proud of this. My dark side, my big villain, Ken Wantanabe, or, and I think I'm going to gender swap and go Lena Headley because I think she'd be freaking awesome dark side. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. That's, I just went like crazy towards it. I started Robin, none. He's a cuck. <laughs> Marshall Manhunters, obviously Michael Shannon. Obviously. I know he's been Zod, but, but yeah, no, if we're Ma- going to recast it. If we're going to recast it. And Batman. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Fucking. And also, I'm going to set a scene. Okay, here we go. Shall I close my eyes? You're a uh, helpless individual down an alley at night time. Two criminals. Three criminals. Four. I don't know. <gasps> four. Oh, no. Or just follow down that alley. There's steam grates steaming. Oh no, I must be in Gotham. You cry for help. You're like, I just, I need someone. And, and Please you, don't. You already heard Batman's on holiday. Superman's busy. Who who could possibly save There's you? There's an alien somewhere in another country. So all the superheroes there. So I'm like, oh no. Out of the, out of the corner of your ear, you just hear this little, <gasps> one yeah. noise but four arrows appear. Oh my God. Taking out all of them. Is it Hawkeye? Is it Jeremy Renner? Is <laughs> he jump ship? The, the, as, as as the villains peril, you look up to the top of the uh, you took up to the top of the skyscraper or the building adjacent. Mm. You see a hooded green figure. Oh my god, it must be the green arrow. Pulls it back. Oh no! An aged Kevin Costner. <laughs> Get out! Come on! <laughs> Come on! I feel like no. Prince of Thieves himself. <laughs> I, feel back. Like, I feel like no thanks. <laughs> put, put him back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that. If Kevin Costa came back, is an old uh, green arrow. Oh my god, would you watch Arrow? Like it's just called Arrow, black and white. <laughs> yeah, but like, imagine he's got he's, he's an alcoholic now, so his handshake, so he's lost his shot. Exactly. Oh, I was gonna say I was gonna say he's he's more arthritis, but you're right. That's probably better. Uh, oh no, maybe a bit both. Yeah, maybe a bit both. And that's the question. He's he's scared that if he stops drinking, he'll still have the shake, so he carries on drinking. Oh. Comes across a young boy beaten in the street or a young woman. Could be either. You could be either. Both. There you go. <laughs> Comes across a young boy and a young girl. He starts teaching them the ways. He fails the boy, turns into a villain. Mm. He becomes the Black Arrow, which I think is a thing. She becomes Sparrow. I don't know. I don't know Green Arrow. The Red Arrow. Yeah. And then... He just th- smokes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Lincolnshire joke. <laughs> and then the final fight, those two are like slinging arrows at each other with Kevin Costner. He's like, don't fight your brother and sister. He sacrifices himself. <laughs> Hat with an arrow. That's, that's deep. <sighs> and then... At the end, the other heroes, like Superman comes down, played mm. by Aaron Eckerton, picks him up, gives him the hero's death because he didn't have the hero's life. Mate, he writes himself thin. Fade to black. <laughs> I just, in that movie, though, I want to see a villain shoot him 
and then him, him split a bullet with an arrow. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin fucking Costner. Oh, I'm doing it, man. It just it's set it up for next week. Cast the lowest line. Oh, it'd be difficult. Fuck it. Keep it as Amy Adams. I was going <laughs> to say, you just keep it as Amy Adams. If they've done a good job, keep them. Just buying yeah. just some wibbly. So this is how you do it. Aquaman, Gal Gadot, there's an, there's an earth ending thing. They kind of stop it. They get sent into alternative timelines where they are Aquaman and they're Wonder Woman. Your universe is reset, but you've somehow still got the same actors playing the same characters. Fuck it, do it. Mm. Um, there you go, fixed it. And, you, and you've still so, somehow got Amy Adams as Lois Lane. I, uh, we're an hour and a half in. Yeah. Do we bookend it now? Because that is a very nice comic book episode. I think we bookend and it. And do we, do we carry over for what might be a watered down episode next week? Pun intended. <sighs> For Waterworld, because I think we'll finish talking about that movie very quickly and might need Stranger Things, Terminal List, Resident Evil, The Boys, and Pride. Yes, I think I think this is a comic book perfectly ended. Let's do it then. That's been our show this week, ladies and gentlemen. It's been fun. Uh, we covered Four Love and Thunder. We've ranked the MCU. We talked about Phase 5, and we recast the DC universe. So let us know your thoughts. Let us know your opinions. Let us know your feelings. Let us it's know. the feelings that really, really help. Just just occasionally get a message. They went angry. I'm mad. <laughs> Um, but never know. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Uh, we've uh, we've been a bit quiet on social media and stuff over the last few well, weeks because you've you've moved house and I and I've moved house. Then I'm now moving again. Yeah. So it's, and and also it's good to detox every now and again. But we're back. I feel like an energy of rejuvenance kind of in this podcast. Last, so um, last time I took over tweeting, but we got into another argument. <laughs> I'm just done with Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's a dark dark demon. <laughs> but then they said, if you follow us on Twitter, thank you. Send we love we love getting feedback all the time. Mm. Um, if you like, listen, subscribe, appreciate, it, recommend to a friend and also if you've got an idea for an episode get in touch or if you want to come in we've got the technology now we hook yeah. you up we've got a new venue mm. we've got it all we've got we got drinks yeah you can come around you can have a drink we've got War World oh. no one's going to join us for that <laughs> if I don't see you later good afternoon good evening good night good tag forget good thank you Alvida saying that's the one <laughs> <laughs>